Welcome to Lou's Lips, all the things you wanted to say but didn't know how to say it. Today's topic is, is it bad if China's economy falters and how does it affect the U.S. and other countries? Now, China's economy has been one of the fastest growing and most influential in the world for decades. However, in recent years, some signs of slowdown and instability have emerged, leading to speculation and concern about the future of China's economic power. Why is there so much talk right now of China's economy failing, and what is the implication that will happen for the global market? One of the main factors that has contributed to China's economic success is its export-oriented model, which relies on producing and selling large quantities of goods to foreign markets, especially the United States and Europe. And you have to admit, we all love getting those cheap products from China. This has actually enabled China to accumulate huge foreign exchange reserves, invest in infrastructure and innovation, and create millions of jobs. However, this model also has some drawbacks, such as dependence on external demand, environmental degradation, overcapacity, and trade disputes. Now, as the global economy faces these challenges, such as with COVID-19, the U.S.-China trade war, and the rise of protectionism, China's export sector has suffered a decline in growth and competitiveness. Another factor that has raised doubts about China's economy is its high level of debt, both in the public and private sector. Now, according to the International Monetary Fund, otherwise known as IMF, China's total debt reached over 266% of its gross domestic product in 2020 which is higher than the average of 210% for other emerging markets. Now, much of this debt is owned by the state-owned enterprises, local governments, and shadow banks, because you know China has a, a way of like propping up their economy when it's not really true. But anyway, these are non-regulated financial institutions that operate outside the formal banking system. These entities have actually borrowed heavily to finance infrastructure projects within China. Also, real estate development and even industrial expansion. Often, they do this with low returns and high risk. The IMF has actually warned that China's debt poses a threat to its financial stability and growth potential. Now, a third factor that has fueled the talk of China's economy failing is its demographic challenge. Now, China's population is aging rapidly due to its one-child policy, which was actually implemented um, back in 1979, but was actually relaxed in 2015. This policy actually resulted in low fertility rate, a shrinking labor force, and a rising dependency ratio.
Now, according to the United Nations, China's working age population, which is 15 to 64 years of age, peaked in 2015 at 1 billion people, but it is expected to decline by 23% by 2050. Meanwhile, China's elderly population, which means the people that are 65 years and older, is projected to actually increase by 150% by the year 2050. This actually means that China will now have fewer workers to support its economic growth and more retirees to provide for in its social welfare. Now, these factors, among others, have led some analysts and sorry analysts and observers to predict that China's economy will face a hard landing or even a collapse in the near future. Now, however, others actually argued that China still has many strengths and opportunities to overcome its challenges and maintain its economic dynamics. For example, when you think about it, China has a large domestic market with a growing middle class and consumer demand. It also has a strong capacity for innovation and technological development as evidenced by its achievements in fields such as AI, biotechnology, and space exploration. China also has been pursuing reforms and initiatives to diversify its economy, such as Belt and Road Initiative, which aims to actually enhance connectivity in cooperation with countries across um, Asia, Africa, Europe, and beyond. So there's actually no definitive answer as to whether China's economy will fail or not. It actually depends on how China manages its risk and opportunities, as well as how the global economic environment evolves. What is certain is that China's economy will continue to have a significant impact on the world economy for years to come. Now, China's economy is actually the second largest in the world after the United States. It accounts for about 16% of the global GDP and 12% of global trade. It is also a major source of investment innovation, and consumption for many countries. Therefore, when you think about it, if China's economy fails, it would have serious consequences for the rest of the world. Now, some of the possible impacts of a Chinese economic collapse are a global recession. Now, China is a a major trading partner for many countries, especially in Asia, Africa, and Latin America. So if China's demand for imports falls sharply, it would hurt the exports and incomes of these countries. Moreover, China's exports of really cheap goods and services would also decline, raising the prices and inflation for consumers worldwide. A global recession could also trigger financial crises, social unrest, and political instability in some of these regions. Now, impact of economic uh, collapse on China, 
could also have a geopolitical shift. Now, what I mean, what I mean by saying this is that China is a rising power that challenges the dominance of the United States and its allies in many areas, such as trade, technology, security, and human rights. If China's economy fails, it would weaken its influence and leverage in the international arena. This would actually create opportunities for other actors to fill the vacuum or challenge the existing order. However, it could also increase the risk of conflict and confrontation as China might become more aggressive and angry or defensive in protecting its interests and sovereignty. Now, if China's um, economy fails, you also might even face a humanitarian crisis. China has actually lifted hundreds of millions of people out of poverty in the past four decades. However, it still faces many social and environmental problems, such as um, inequality, corruption, pollution, and climate change. If China's economy fails, it would exasperate these problems and create even more hardship and suffering for its 1.4 billion people. It could also spark mass migration, civil unrest, and human rights violations within and even beyond its own borders. Therefore, when you think about it, we really should care if China's economy fails because it would not only affect China, but also the rest of the world in various ways. We should hope that China has a stable and prosperous economy that contributes to global peace and development. So now that we're talking about China and what it has and and how it affects the global economy, you know, you have to ask yourself, are we too reliant on China's economy and products? Now, like I mentioned before, China is the world's second largest economy and the largest exporter of goods. It is also a major source of investment, tourism, and innovation for many countries. Now, China's economic growth and development have brought benefits to millions of people around the world, but they have also raised some concerns about the risk and challenges of depending too much on China. One of the main concerns is the trade imbalance between China and its trading partners. Now, China exports more than it imports, creating a large trade surplus that affects the global balance of payments and exchange rates. Some countries, especially the United States, have accused China of manipulating its currency and engaging in unfair trade practices, such as dumping, subsidies, and intellectual property theft. These disputes have led to trade wars and tariffs that have harmed both sides and disrupted global supply chains. Another concern is the political and security implications of China's growing influence and assertiveness. China has been expanding its military and diplomatic presence in regions such as Asia-Pacific, Africa, and Latin America, where it competes with other powers for resources, markets, and allies. China has also been involved in territorial disputes with its neighbors, such as Japan, India, Vietnam, 
over islands, borders, and maritime rights. Some countries actually fear that China's rise will threaten their own sovereignty, interests, and values, and that they will have to choose between aligning with China or opposing them. The third concern is the actual environmental and social impact of China's economic model and consumption patterns. Now, China is actually the world's largest consumer of energy and emitter of greenhouse gases, contributing to global warming and climate change. China also faces serious problems of pollution, resource uh, depletion, biodiversity loss, and public health crises such as COVID-19. Now, moreover, um, China's rapid urbanization and industrialization have created social inequalities, human rights violations, and cultural conflicts within its own society. So these concerns suggest that we need to rethink our relationship with China and find a balance between cooperation and competition. We actually should not rely on China for everything, but we should also not isolate or antagonize China. We should diversify our sources of trade, investment, and innovation, while also engaging with China on common issues and challenges. We should respect China's legitimate interests and aspirations, but we should also uphold our own principles and values. We should seek to build a more stable, sustainable, and mutually beneficial partnership with China that can benefit ourselves and the world. Now, China and the United States are the world's two largest economies and trading partners. They both import and export a variety of goods and services, but there are some notable differences in their trade patterns. Now, to compare and contrast China's imports versus American imports, you need to explore some of the factors that influence their own trade decisions. Now, China is the world's largest importer of goods with a total value of $2.1 trillion in 2020, according to the World Bank. But China mainly imports raw materials, intermediate goods, and capital goods such as oil, iron, copper, machinery, um, electrical equipment, and integrated circuits. These imports are actually essential for China's industrial production and economic development. Now, China also imports consumer goods such as cars, clothing, um, cosmetics, and food to meet the growing demand of its middle class and urban population. Some of the main sources of China's imports are European, are the European Union, the Association of Southeast Asian, South Korea, Japan, Australia, and the United States. China's imports from these countries and regions are influenced by factors such as geographic proximity, trade agreements, tariffs, exchange rates, and political relations. Now, American imports, when you think about it, United States is the world's second largest importer of goods with a total value of 
2 trillion in 2020, according to the World Bank. Now, the United States mainly imports consumer goods, such as pharmaceuticals, um, cell phones, uh, computers, clothing, toys, and furniture. Now, these imports satisfy the diverse and high quality preferences of the American consumer and businesses. The United States will also import intermediate goods and capital goods, such as oil, um, natural gas, chemicals, metals, um, machinery, and vehicles. Now, these imports are used for domestic production and investment. Some of the main sources of American imports are China, Mexico, um, Canada, the European Union, Japan, and South Korea. Now, American imports from these countries and regions are influenced by factors such as market size, trade agreements, tariffs, exchange rate, and political from relations. Now, in summary, um, you have to understand that China and the United States have different import profiles that reflect their economic structures, development stages, and consumer preferences. China imports more raw materials and intermediate goods to support its industrial sector and an economic growth. But the United States imports more consumer goods to satisfy its large and affluent market. Now, both countries also import capital goods for investment purposes. China and the United States import um, both from a variety of countries and regions around the world that offer competitive prices and quality products. However, their trade relations are also affected by non-economic factors such as politics and security. So with all the talk about China's failing economy, we should care because it actually doesn't affect China. It affects us all. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'll see you again for Loose Lips.